are listening to T-Mac and Cookie Monster on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Engaging an exciting conversation on life, God, and pop culture. Every week on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Welcome everybody, you're listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. And my name is T-Mac, joined by yours truly. Cool. My name is Cookie Monster, a.k.a. Kudam Zembe, and it's such a great pleasure to be on the show once again. How's it going, T-Mac? I'm good. No, I miss your line. Why are you now not doing your line? Because you dissed me last week, But it, right? it, Yeah, but still, say it. Okay, I'm going to say it later. <laughs> I'll say it later. Right now, I'm not going to say it. I just feel like you're looking at me and judging me right now. I am. But anyway, guys, thank you for listening to our previous podcast. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. You were all about just shedding light on certain things that um, affect us today as Christians, whether it's part of the culture or just um, the things we encounter on a day-to-day basis. True. And I think also because in our culture today, there's so much stuff going on out there. You know, there's so much, to be quite frank, nonsense. (laughs) And it's important for us to sift through everything and still search for the truth because, you know, our generation is... uh, there's a barrage of... Oh, we're saturated. We're, we're saturated by a barrage of nonsense. <laughs> and we need to be able to sift through everything so that we get to the truth. Because yeah. ultimately, it's the truth that's going to set you free. Amen. That's going to set us free. So that's what we're here to do. Yes, and we are not saying, and I, mean, I think we're going to have to keep on having this disclaimer. We're not saying we have all the answers, yeah. but we are just trying to direct... Um, ourselves and you, our listeners, back to the word to find the actual truth. Because sometimes things just creep in, whether it's through our church or through rhetoric, through talking to people or watching TV preachers or the podcast we listen to. Like we, hey, except for this one, like this, this one is, is legit. <laughs> this is legit. The legit one. But yeah, just stuff we listen to and we just take it all in without, like could have said, filtering it. So there's some lies that we have come to accept as truth that we just don't even know that it's not the truth so yeah we're like here we don't, to, we don't question we don't question course, yeah you know. so that is what we're here to do we're here to question and to, to eventually find the yeah so today's topic is a really exciting one it's a hot one hot topic. <laughs> and our topic today is prophetic or pathetic and you're very proud of making up that name yes, aren't you yes, yes i'm proud of myself So, as I've mentioned earlier today, our topic is prophetic or pathetic. And I'm just going to give a quick disclaimer here. We're not bashing the prophets or the prophetic movement, as it were. Or the office of the prophet. Or the office of the prophet. That's not what we're here to do. We're not here to talk against any particular ministry. But we're just asking questions, right? To say there's been such a huge prevalence of prophetic stuff. Yeah, in as, Zim. as they would say, they've right. been mushrooming. Mushrooming. <laughs> mushrooming all over the place. A lot of. Uh, <laughs> yes. So um, we call them burgeoning prophetic churches. Burgeoning. Yes, 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 yes. Emerging. Okay. Everywhere. But the question we have to ask is what's really going on? Yeah. yeah. Right? Is, is it necessary? Are all these people called by God has something all of a sudden happened that God is just raising all yeah. these prophets? Or is it genuinely because of 
the economic difficulties and people have now found another career option which is that <laughs> if I'm a charismatic person yeah. who knows the right things to say and maybe who actually does have an inclination towards hearing from God I can I can set up my prophetic ministry so I want to talk about that and we have a guest who's yes. going to help us we have a guest and our guest is not a prophet well we don't know but <laughs> it's a special guest that we have this is somebody who is very well read and very well versed with with the bible and with theology and we just thought we'd have someone someone in the studio today who is objective and who's going to help us address some of the things that we uh want, we want to talk about from from a theological point of view so that mm. we don't just talk cuz you know <laughs> we, we're not deep like that right ah to speak for yourself okay we're not deep like that <laughs> so <laughs> So today we have with us Shingai Kuwaza who is a very fine gentleman and very chilled very calm and I'm just I'm just mm -hmm. I'm just looking forward to hearing from this guy because I, I really think this guy is going to you know he's just he's going he's gonna to share some some interesting stuff and we're going to poke him a little bit and, <laughs> and, and see what's in there but Shingai welcome thank you thank you uh, Cookie Monster uh, it's a privilege to be here cool uh, cool I can also call you Shingai Monster no, well, no. You know, you're just going to say, cool waza, cool, Mr. Cool, yeah. cool waza. Yeah. Okay. All right. You've just been ordained by, <laughs> by radiant culture. Cool waza. <laughs> cool. So, so tell us a bit about yourself. What's your background? What, what are you about? Okay. Um, as you've all heard, my name is Shingai. And I'm a person with a passion for uh, the Word of God, uh, theology, teaching the Word of God. And particularly the prophetic. I enjoy the prophecy. I love prophecy, especially when it's working properly. So uh, some of the controversy that's been around the prophetic in recent times mm -hmm. has really piqued my interest to go back to the Word of God and have discussions and uh, just have a look again at what uh, the Word of God says about prophecy. So I'm a guy who loves the Word of God. I love uh, the prophetic. I also uh, do some other stuff, uh, my other otherworldly stuff, okay. which is consulting. Uh, we don't know about that. So okay, yeah. so my first question <laughs> to you, yeah, cool was ah, yes, is... Um, is TB Joshua a false prophet? Booyah! Right out the box. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I want to avoid a lynching here because there's quite a few people <laughs> no, who will be listening who really may mess up your you, you, stuff, right? <laughs> you don't have to answer that. Right? I don't want curses raining well, on me. <laughs> Well, since you said your name and surname, yeah, you never yeah, know no. what they could do. Okay, no, let's, let's just leave that one alone. Although I'm sure everyone's like, ah, oh, come on, guys. But no, okay, fine. What is the role of a prophet in today's world? Because we know they're there in the Bible, yes. obviously, and Jesus came and he was a fulfillment of prophecy. So there's a role for prophets yeah. and the yes. prophetic. So today, what, what do you think the role is? All right, I think, firstly, I'd like to say um, one of the things that you hear a lot about the last days is that there'll be false Christ and false prophets. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that the Bible says about the last days as well is that my sons and my daughters will prophesy. In the last days, I shall pour out my spirit on all flesh and all mm -hmm. people will prophesy. Mm -hmm. So the role of a prophet, if you look at it in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, the prophet was the the guy who heard from God. Yeah. It wasn't a gift that was given to everybody. It was mm -hmm. these serious dudes who'd come in and speak into the life of a king or mm -hmm. the nation of Israel. Yeah. And they were very serious people that, you know, would spend all sorts of months and days having strange diet, living in mountains. Yeah. And, and that was just your view of the prophet. But now 
the Spirit of God has been poured out on everybody and anyone and everybody can prophesy. But we still have prophets and we see in Ephesians 4 verse 11 to 13, along with apostles, evangelists, pastors and teachers, that yeah. we have prophets there. Yes. And one of their roles in that, uh, there's a job description for them, is to uh, edify the body mm-hmm. of Christ, to equip the saints for the works of ministry. Yes. So a prophet should equip other people, other Christians to prophesy. One of the most important roles of a prophet is to train others in the prophetic. So that's uh, to train them in the ministry and also to edify the body, to build it up by doing the work of a prophet. So he will also be prophesying. Wait a minute. Okay, so you're saying a prophet must train others in the prophetic. Yes. So like, I thought prophecy, it's a gift, like you have to, either you have it or you don't kind of gift. You can actually like go to prophetic school (laughs) or whatever, like someone can teach you. Absolutely. Uh, And that's how it was in the Old Testament. Uh, You see these guys would move in what are called schools of prophets. So you'd have Elijah would have schools, uh, a school of, uh, of prophets that he would lead. And then after him, Elisha came up from out of a number of other prophets who were under him. Mm-hmm. And Elisha took over as the leader of the school of the prophets. Oh. So that was in the Old Testament as well. Mm-hmm. But now in the New Testament, the training is not just for a select few people who have the gift, but it's for the whole body of Christ. Because right. as we have already mentioned, uh, Joel 2.25 says that in the last days, the poor spirit and everyone can prophesy. Now, Anyone who has a gift needs to hone it and needs to have training from a, a master who has done it before. So Usain Bolt was born, I think, the fastest man. I don't think anyone could train him and teach him the intrinsic aspect of being the fastest. But mm-hmm. there's aspects of it that help him to always win. If he doesn't train or doesn't uh, put in place some of the procedures, he's not going to be always the one who is leading or you know yeah. beating everybody else. So that also comes along if you look at it from the prophetic and any other discipline, uh, you know, in the Christian walk, it could be teaching, it could be uh, encouragement. We all need to be trained to get to the next level. So, so my, I have a question. Yeah. My, my question is, you mentioned that the prophetic gift is something that one can be trained in. Yes. Right? And that yes. we all have, we all have it in maybe traces or in rudimentary form or something. Yeah. My, my question then is, is, is the challenge not that we now have the, the, the prophetic office, if I can call it that, has become very glamorized. Mm-hmm. And you find that the people that are called the prophets are, in most cases, they're, they're your, your prominent, flamboyant <laughs> guys that are respected by everyone, that are being, I mean, I've, I've literally seen people bowing down before people, you know, yeah, yeah. Because, because they're prophets, yeah. all of this stuff. So, so my, my question then becomes, when you say people, when you say people, people can be trained. Are yeah. we being trained to become that, right? So, <laughs> is, is the training to become a prominent prophet, someone who's who starts their own ministry, and I also get my Gucci suits and have my followers, and you know the guys in black suits with shades who yes. carry my Bibles, and I don't know why I need like thirteen thousand Bibles, but anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but I'm just saying, what exactly? When you, you say, preach off an iPad, anyway. <laughs> When you say getting trained, mm-hmm. what does that actually mean? All right, so let me just break it down from the very basic level. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 3 to 4, he said that anyone who follows me, like if you're my sheep, you will hear my voice. Yeah. So if you're a Christian, you can hear his voice. Mm-hmm. And prophecy is simply hearing what God says and saying it. So if God says to you, I love you, and then you tell someone and say, this morning God said to me, he loves me, you've just prophesied because okay. you have said what God said. 
That's okay. prophecy at its most basic. Mm-hmm. Now, when we talk about uh, prophecy in terms of training people, we need to understand the distinction between the gift of prophecy and the office of the prophet. Shout out to Prophecy, dropped his album last week. Prophecy! <laughs> Are you listening? Are prophecy. you listening? Your name you, is being thrown around. Oh, pathetic. No, ah, I, think, no. I, think, I think he's prophetic. I think he's prophetic. <laughs> we love you, pro. We love you. Anyway, sorry, Ken. Back uh, to what you were saying. Great. As I was saying, <laughs> there's the gift of the prophet and the office of the prophet. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 has the gift of prophecy. And that will, uh, I'll use another Christianese term, mm. manifest. In different settings at different times, a person will not always consistently walk in that gift. Right. Uh, and then there's the office of the prophet, which is mm. the Ephesians 4.11 that we spoke about. Yes. Where someone is established in it consistently and regularly walks in that uh, gift and his uh, ministry goes beyond the local church which is where the gift kind of stops so just with you know between people and so on that's mm-hmm. the gift of pro- you know of the prophet but the office of the prophet goes beyond just the church so someone will then go on to speak into government mm-hmm. and will speak into national events yes so i'll give an example in uh, Acts 11, verse 27 to 30, we have a company of prophets coming down from Jerusalem Mm -hmm. to Antioch. And one of them is called Agabus. And he gets up and he prophesies and says, guys, there's going to be a great famine over all the known world. And it actually took place during the reign of Claudius. I think the Bible says that. Right. And then the response of the church was to say, Agabus has prophesied, let's set up a collection and send money to Judea, which is the region that's going to be most affected. So that before the famine comes... They have something to then, you know, buy buy supplies and so forth. So that was a response to a word from a prophet who spoke about an event that was going to come. And that's Mm -hmm. in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that someone in the office of a prophet will do. And if someone is in that office, if they have been doing that for a while, if you're coming up in the prophetic, because the Bible talks a lot about, you know, being young, being an infant, growing, becoming an adolescent, becoming an adult, Mm -hmm. and, you know, that kind of imagery of having been born again and coming to a place of maturity. It's the same with the gifts. And so a a prophet who has come up to a place of maturity can then bring up other people who are working in their gifts and are learning to use it. So sometimes the gift will work in a certain way. You can see a vision, but you don't know what the vision means. Mm. Okay. Uh, like Jeremiah in his initial stage where God said to him, what do you see? He says, I see an, an almond branch. Mm. And God says, you've seen correctly because I'm watching over my word to perform it. Yeah. Now, the almond branch and the watching over the word have no connection except that almond sounds like the word for watching. Oh. Mm. Okay. So what you're seeing is not exactly what God is saying. So you need someone who can help you to interpret that. Same thing happened with Samuel. Three times the Lord called him and Mm. didn't know the voice of the Lord. And he needed uh, Eli to say, next time you go and lie down, Mm. say the following. Yeah. You know, uh, and so that's what you need as a young prophet. You need someone who can come in and train you to get you up to that place. But some of the bells and whistles of the suits and personality stuff, it's really down to the personality of the prophet. Mm Mm-hmm. There are sections of the body of Christ that are not, well, Africa is well known for being very flamboyant and, you know, extravagant with, you know, with wealth. But there are other sections of the body of Christ where I've, I've encountered prophets that are nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Very down to earth. Uh, you I see like them, in, them. Their, in their jeans or in their flip-flops 
or in yeah. their shorts okay. and they're prophesying just as as accurately as some of those guys are doing so it's really just a matter of personality cool. so cool was that <laughs> right my, my my question th- thanks a lot for that because that sheds a lot of light uh you know there's two extremes that i've seen here that the one extreme is where people especially young people in our generation mm-hmm. have totally begun to shun anything to do with this whole prophetic thing because they think these prophets are all charlatans and they they're all in it they're all in it big words killing my flow okay okay and they're all in it for the money right yeah. and we see it i mean you see these guys rocking expensive suits you know yeah. some of these guys are driving rolls royces i think yeah. i like rolls royce i always use it and um yeah and they just live very flashy lifestyles very yeah. opulent and it is yeah then the the flip side is that you have people who are so into this prophetic thing that they don't move unless they've heard a word from their papa yes okay that papa life yeah where it's all about <laughs> my papa right the moment the moment you try to the moment you even oppose or object to anything that papa said people get emotional people yeah. will defend people will defend papa more than they defend jesus wow. in some cases wow. so so those are extremes that i've seen and yes. my question is what is the right stance to take right we're, we're a young generation there's a lot that's happening yes the yeah. older folk yeah the, those ones we can leave alone but i'm, I'm yeah. talking about for us Yeah. Right. What what is that the actual right stance to take with this whole prophetic thing? Can we trust it? Is it something that we need? Can I just read my Bible? Do I really need to be listening to these prophets or therefore the older guys or the the, the weird guys? So just <laughs> the weird yeah. guys. That's I think that's a great question and I would say we need always need to go back to the Bible. I think uh the correct approach or response to misuse is not non-use but right use. Mm-hmm. And so we go back to the scriptures and say okay what is the right use because oh, sorry just just say that again say that again <laughs> okay the correct response to misuse mm. is not non-use but is right use wow of the gift i like that yeah so paul had a very similar situation where there was extremes in the church at corinth so yeah. the reason he wrote 1 corinthians 12 to 14 was basically to say guys um hearing of some excesses amongst you yeah. this is how to do it mm. i'm not saying do not prophesy but i'm saying this is how you ought to do it properly mm. and we go back to 1 corinthians 14 verse 1 it says i want you to be eager to walk in spiritual gifts and the word eager in the greek is actually can be translated to mean to covet to be greedy for mm-hmm. i think even to use the word lust after that's the sense of the greek there mm. so it's a very strong desire for spiritual gifts and to walk in spiritual gifts and he says especially that you may prophesy okay so that's what he says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 he says the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues because he speaks for the edification of the consolation the and the encouragement yeah. of those who listen yeah so it's always coming back to the scriptures and finally no matter what people are doing out there what does the scripture say regardless of all the abuse and all the wacky stuff and the weirdness let's find the right use for the gift and let's be passionate about the prophetic because of what it can do for our brother because it first begins by saying follow the way of love and love is always desiring to do what's best for your neighbor and what best thing to do or what better thing to do can you know than to edify them bring them a word that will bring them encouragement or comfort in a time of difficulty mm-hmm. or in a circumstance where they're not very sure which way to go and there's also a very powerful evangelistic 
uh, edge to the prophetic, where right. you find First Corinthians fourteen twenty five says, when the church is going for it in the prophetic, when everyone is prophesying, the secrets of a man's heart will be laid bare, and then they'll fall to the ground and say, truly, your God is here. So unbelievers will come in, and they will be rocked by the prophetic, not just from one person who is up front with the microphone, but if the guy at the door, the usher, and someone is coming in, hi, what's, actually your name is Cookie Monster, that's the name you use, and yes. this is what happened to you, and so on and so forth, and you know, and then starting from the door, and you're getting in, the person who's collecting tithes and offerings is also able to prophesy, the person who's doing kids work can prophesy. Yo, I'd be weirded out by that. Paul's wow. <laughs> vision for the prophetic okay. in the church. Okay, so can I just ask, right, yeah. so what we have some in some instances is um, we struggle to distinguish between having a word of knowledge and speaking a word of prophecy. Okay. Because there is a difference, isn't there? Because yeah. if someone can tell me my ID number, does that make them a prophet? Uh, yes and no. No in that being able to tell someone their ID number doesn't make you a prophet, but yes, that is part of the prophetic. Being able to tell someone the secrets of their you know, So of their what's the difference between a word of knowledge then and a prophetic word? All right, the word of knowledge has to do with uh, information about who you are or a situation in your life, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's knowledge. Prophecy has to do more with the future. Yes. So word of knowledge generally deals with the past and the present. You have a phone of this. You live in this place. Actually, this is what happened to you. This is what happened when you're going to work. Mm -hmm. You wanted to wear this dress, but you ended up wearing this one instead. And then uh, you got into your car. Yeah. The car is red, yeah. right? And then you drove across and then you got there. There was a police officer mm -hmm. and you actually paid him a 10 instead of the 20 that he wanted because he paid a bribe. And then everyone's going, wow, amen, yes. prophesy and so forth. That's yeah. a word of knowledge okay. because you're just, he's picking up information uh -huh. of things that have happened already. Data. Or yeah, data or things that are, have to do with your current circumstance. But the prophecy aspect is speaking about what then do you go and do? Because if I tell you your phone number, you know it. Yeah. And you, where you stay, what you did already, you know all those things. But now I have to tell you something that you do not know that will give you direction. Mm -hmm. right. So uh, I see you have applied for a job. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't uh, go that way. They'll offer you the job, but don't go to that one. There's another one that will come three days after. Mm. That's where you have to go. So that's that's the prophecy aspect. Okay. So if you look at Saul and his uh, servant, they were looking for donkeys that were lost. And they said, look, we've been looking three days. Let's go to this man of God who never misses it. That's mm -hmm. what they said, basically. And then maybe he can tell us what the donkeys are. So that's how the prophetic, that's the expectation on the prophetic in the Old Testament is he will locate for us where we should go to find the donkeys. Yeah. Not that we have donkeys and your name is this and so forth and so on. That's another whole thing. So from what I'm getting, sorry to cut you off there, from, from, from what, what I'm getting here, you are saying that the legitimacy of the prophecy has to do with the person yeah. and with the motive. Yeah, yeah. In that it's not just a gift that's there so that people are wowed by your ability to pick up data. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's more to do with what's driving you. So you yeah. are, are you driven by love? Are you driven by yeah. a desire to, to honor God? Yes. And and that's what I think is, I think that's where the disconnect is sometimes yeah. with people. Yeah. And 
and I've, I've been here before where I've, I've really been suspicious of some of these guys to think, okay, is this guy really in it for God or is this now all about him? All right. You know, and I guess that's got to do with personalities and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's important for us to demystify all of that. And you, you, you've done quite a great job here to just try and bring people back to the truth again to say, no, prophecy is actually a, a legitimate function in the body of Christ. Yeah. And it's something that God wants us to operate in. Absolutely. But it, it has become, I think, tainted yeah. because of the way people have handled it. And it's, it's actually become almost distasteful that you, when someone goes to a prophetic church, you think, eh, okay, you're, yeah. you're, you're one of them unbanned people. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all, all, all I'm saying is, you, you know, there's, I'm actually very, um, I'm very impressed at the way that you, 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 you're responding to this because it, it does shed a lot of light, right? Yeah, it does. I, I, I like it. So, guys, there's room. So maybe some of you out there are prophets, yeah. but because you were put off by that orange suit, <laughs> you think the prophetic doesn't work. But maybe that's who you are. So don't take it lightly. And the Bible actually says don't treat prophecy with contempt. Yes. Yeah, so that, that's all I wanted to say about this. Okay, so Kuwaza. I've been listening to what you're saying, right? And basically what I've gathered so far is that by virtue of us being in the new dispensation, yeah, you think it's the only one with big words. <laughs> um, we're, we all have the prophetic gift to some extent, right? Just some haven't really Ability to worked God, on it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So what do we need the prophets for, really, if we all have the Holy Spirit within us we all have direct access to God through Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. then why, why are people seeking the prophet so much? You know, look, I think that's, that's a, a brilliant question, actually. Because when you have the Holy Spirit, you know, and he can tell you stuff, why do you need someone else to come in and speak? Mm. Um, but I also want to come across and say, um, the Bible says, in First John chapter two verse twenty seven, that we have received the anointing who teaches us all things, and we need no one to teach us exactly. anything. Yes, but then we still need teachers to teach us. So Jesus still gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, even though we have the Holy Spirit who can teach us all things. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine the reason for it is that one of the things we need to realize about, uh, even though we have received the truth and we have got the Holy Spirit. But there are times in our lives when, for one reason or another, you just don't know which way to go, yeah. which direction to take. And uh, if you look at Peter, he went from, Jesus said, you're not received from flesh and blood. So there's a flesh and blood revelation. Your own spirit can reveal things and mm -hmm, say things mm -hmm. to you, like you have mm -hmm. a dream out yeah. of your own spirit. Then he also says, this is coming from my father in heaven. And then he says, get thee behind me, Satan. All in, yeah, in a like very few chapters yes. or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you can see the capacity for Peter, who's, who's still a genuine apostle and who is not a false apostle because Satan said something through him. Mm. right? But he has heard from all those sources. And sometimes you just don't really know. So I don't know if you've had a situation in your own life where people say things like, I'm not very sure. I think it could be God. I'm I not don't have sure. A piece. I don't have a, a piece. piece. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. And so sometimes the, the prophetic, because these guys have, I would say they've been given grace. I want to use that very loosely mm -hmm. to operate in that regularly and doku basa kwake, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, they can then come along aside and help us. Yeah. I'll give an example that 
you can basically do a lot of things by yourself at home but sometimes you bring someone along who says this is what i'm doing i can take care of the kids i'll wash the dishes and you know they do that but mm-hmm. you can do it yourself mm-hmm. so but they are specifically doing that and then they come alongside to help you not because you can't do it but mm-hmm. because they are bringing something they're specializing in it and then they're freeing you up to do other things they're adding value to your life okay. you can then kind of think of it in the prophetic to think these guys will give you guidance and direction whenever you need it. Yeah, they're supposed to be our dishwashers. Yeah. <laughs> Serving the body of Christ. That's that's it. That's Washing it exactly. Okay, sorry, bef- before yes. you you ask your question, I know I know you're burning. I'm burning. But um if they're supposed to come and help me, right? Mm-hmm. How come sometimes the the prophecies you receive are just like, huh? Like I don't even get it. Like it, you feel like it doesn't apply to you, or you yeah. you just like I don't I don't even know what this guy's going on about. It's like like, it's, like it's, it's like forcing a word. On yeah, you, right? and you're just like I'm not even relating to what this person is saying. Like let's yeah. say the prophet saying about marriage, and I, I don't know. Like it can be whatever, but sometimes yes. you don't connect with the word. Yes. Does that make the word false, or is it just that you aren't in tune enough at that moment to right. really receive it? Okay, so it could be that the prophet is off. Mm-hmm. Right, bad day, the bad day, uh, <laughs> or he's actually not a prophet. You done a TV Joshua on you, exactly. Well, <laughs> so to speak. So th- there's that aspect, but then there's also the aspect of sometimes when prophecy comes to you, in the moment it doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. but as you maybe if you go home, or someone chats to you, or you go back to your journal mm-hmm. from back in the day, you realize, hey, hang on. Now it makes sense. Right. Yeah. So I gave you the example of uh, Jeremiah who saw an almond branch. And he could have been thinking, what on earth is this? Yeah. And then God says, what do you see? And, uh, well, I see an almond branch. And then God gives him an interpretation for mm. that. So sometimes you hear a word that doesn't make any sense to you. Yeah. It could be off 100%, or it could be just that in the moment it's not making sense. Mm. But afterwards, uh, something happens that then it makes sense. Okay. Cool. And then this is the final question that I have about this, this uh, subject. The one that I think is the most irritating is this, that why is there the impression that in order to receive a word from the prophet, you've got to sow a seed. So just the way everything is worded there, mm-hmm. you've got to sow into the prophecy, right? Yeah. What, what's what's all that about? Is that is that actually biblical? And what, yeah, why, why yeah, do I need yeah. to feel like I'm I'm purchasing? Yeah. What if God wants to speak to me? He's my father. He wants to get this thing across to me. Yeah. Why do I need to give you a hundred bucks yeah. for you to tell me what God is? You know what I mean? Yeah. Get a job or something. I don't know. But <laughs> that, 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 that's my question. Yeah. Yes. Uh, again, I think that's a great question, and I think you need to. Uh, appreciate if you look at some of these prophets you listen to them preach a lot of it is from the Old Testament mm-hmm. now in the Old Testament you had to bring a gift to the prophet that much I know so yeah. Sa- with that example we, 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 we discussed earlier where Samuel uh, Saul wanted to go to Samuel they said hey but we don't have anything to bring to mm-hmm. the man of God mm-hmm. right so we, we, we can't just go empty handed it was a, a practice that you do not go to the man of God empty-handed. You go with something, and you see it again with Elisha. Quite a few guys go in there with something, if they wanted to hear from God. So it was an Old Testament practice. What was this, sorry, yeah. was this because the prophets did that full-time, and that was also part of their sustenance? Uh, 
to a degree, yes. Because nowadays they sell books, aren't they? Yes. They sell DVDs. Yes. They sell all these things. They yes. make, they've got a whole lot of revenue streams. Yeah. So I'm just trying to understand. And listen, I'm not being cynical, but it's yeah. a genuine yeah. question to say, yeah. why, why do we need to give money in order to... Sorry, that, that's just okay. No, that, that, interjection. That, that, you can carry it's it. It's fine. I think part of it was to do with sustenance, but another part of it was to do with honor. Because okay. one of the ways that you honor uh, in the Bible is with your well, finance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was really more of an honor thing okay. than sustenance. Because on one occasion, Elisha actually said, no thanks. Uh, I don't want, when Naaman was healed, he said, I don't want anything from you. Mm. And then oh, Gehazi yeah, then went you after, went after him yeah. and he was just like, actually. Yeah. So there <laughs> are times that they would, they would receive and then there are times they say, no thanks. Just yeah. depending on the season and where they were at. It wasn't a hard and fast rule for them to receive. Mm -hmm. But it was a way of honoring. But now in the new covenant, you see it in the reverse. Now in Luke 8, you see that Jesus had women who were around him who were uh, giving financially to his ministry. Yeah. But you read that it says that there were women who had been healed. Mm -hmm. Some who had, been, uh, had demons cast out of them. Yeah. So it was after the blessing the spiritual blessing, then mm -hmm. these guys are giving after they've already been healed, mm -hmm. as opposed to, if I'm you giving you so that you can that. heal me. Yes. So these are guys who are walking with Jesus, and you see it again with, uh, with, with Paul, he says, if we've sown spiritual seed among you, yes. is it too right. much for us to reap the material? So the seed now is not the money, the seed is the spiritual thing, the word of God, the prophecy, and now the reaping is you coming out of your own heart and saying, you did a great thing for me. My life will never be the same again. And this is what I want to do to I thank see. you. So that's how New Testament ministry ought to work. You do the job first. And then someone out of appreciation says, I appreciate what you did. So it's, in not, the a, it's, old not, covenant, an, it's not an obligation. It's not an obligation. Right. In the old covenant, it was more or less obligatory. Okay. So you come with the substance, substance first, then you get blessed with the prophecy. Mm -hmm. But now it's the other way around. Prophecy comes first. And then someone comes with something if they want to or yeah. if they don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I think that's where the confusion comes in, where people have taken, carried over Old Testament practice into the new government yeah. era. So for all those listening who have been listening to this whole discussion, we want to know how can you discern between someone who is a legitimate prophet and someone who is a fake prophet? Great. Again, I always say, come back to the word of God. Jesus said in Matthew uh, 7 verse 15 to 23 he spoke about beware of false prophets they come in sheep's clothing mm -hmm. but inside they're ravenous wolves by their fruit you will know them mm. and the fruit is not accurate prophecy it's not the how many phone numbers he can pull out it's <laughs> the character the fruit of the spirit mm -hmm. does he have love joy peace patience That's kindness so faithfulness goodness self-control are those increasingly being displayed in the life of the prophet this is how you will know the difference between a genuine and a fake prophet. That's what Jesus said. Wow. And then also Revelation 19.10 says, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Now, as the body without the spirit is dead, so is prophecy without the testimony of who Jesus is. So you always want to look out to hear what do they say about Jesus? Because it always unravels around this area. Do they believe Jesus came in the flesh? John said in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 to 6, he says, this is how you know that these guys are false prophets or the spirit of the Antichrist. If they do not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh, mm -hmm. but the spirit of God will always confess that Jesus came in the flesh. Mm -hmm. So the testimony about Jesus Christ is very, very important. Who is Jesus to them? Every cult that you can look at, 
and I won't give any names here, but you want to go back, you look at who they say Jesus is, right. it always unravels there. There will always be some dispute from what the Bible teaches about Jesus and what they believe. Mm. So those two things are important. Their character and what they're saying about Jesus. And then to really know about that, you have to look at their lives over an extended period of time. Yeah. It's not something that you can know once off. Yeah. Unless your spiritual antenna have been developed through being in the Word of God a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things I would say. Be in the Word of God. Uh, bank tellers are given uh, genuine notes to count mm. before they're given the fake. So they're given lots of genuine ones and they thumb through the genuine ones so that when uh, they throw in a fake note, then they feel the texture and they say, oh, we've felt the genuine all along. This is fake. Yeah. The Word of God is genuine. Stay in the Word so that when prophecy comes, if it's false, you will feel it. You feel the texture of the prophecy. It's not consistent with the Word of God. So that's the three things I would say. Character of the prophet. Uh, also look at what they say about Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus to them? And thirdly, be immersed in the Word of God so that you are able to discern for yourself. That is so good. Man. Thanks a lot, Mr. Kuwaza. That's some really important stuff that you just shared there. And I think this gives us a, an important base and foundation for, for us to start understanding how, how this whole thing is working. And, you know, my, my encouragement to all of us is that let's let's not lose sight of the important thing and the important thing is the word of god and what god is trying to accomplish because ultimately no man is greater than god no matter how deep a, a prophet is he's not god yeah or she's not god yeah right it's it all really boils down to god and that's something that i i think is important for us to always remember and acknowledge that it's all about god at the end of the day and if someone is not helping us uh, focus on God. It becomes if it becomes about them, becomes about their ministry. Become if it becomes about anything else that's not God, then we've lost the plot. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot, it's fresh, it's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.